Welcome to the Fixtures Podcast. We're back and no longer ill. Um, so we apologize for missing last week's episode. We were both sick and yeah, we couldn't do an episode because you didn't want to hear that. Trust me. Um, so we are back now and uh, we are going to touch on this week's fixtures and maybe we'll dip back and go into last week's as well. So, uh, I'm joined today only by Nikki Erdman. Hi. So, uh, small panel today, and uh, so here we go. Let's kick things off at the top. Uh, Sheffield United nil, Liverpool 1. I think Sheffield put up a good fight here. You know, 1-0 versus probably the top team in the league right now. I think that's pretty good. I know they also had some chances in the game. And so I think they did pretty well for playing the best side in the league for being a newly promoted side. Yeah, and Liverpool looking a little weak on the attack, but um, ultimately coming through with, of course, that uh, the goalkeeper slip up by uh, Henderson in goal for Sheffield United. And uh, I, I mean, it, was it luck? Was it skill? Debatable. I don't know. A little bit of both. Honestly, um, based on how Liverpool played, I think they honestly should have lost that game. Well, they didn't, and they remain top of the table uh, by a fair margin at this point. So, uh, yeah, Liverpool. But, I mean, this result, I think, was a little expected, maybe not in that fashion. Obviously, afterwards, Klopp's saying that he'd rather take 8-1-0 wins versus one 8 nothing win. Um, so, and that's, what's going to earn you points is these one nil wins when it looks like you're going to get a draw. So this is what I think they need to do consistently and what every other team so far in the premier league has failed to do, which is hang on to, you know, and win these games that when they're maybe not at their best form. Uh, okay. Moving on, we have. Crystal Palace 2, Norwich City nil. Is the Pookie party over? I think that's the real question. Because, I mean, he scores versus bigger sides, but he can't pick up a goal versus Crystal Palace. And obviously not scoring last week either. Yeah, versus Burnley. I mean, that's two weeks in a row playing against... His last goal being versus City two weeks ago. Yeah, but, I mean, that's two weeks against small opposition that he's not scoring against. I mean, he was used to playing against... Team, like teams of that caliber last season. So, I mean, I don't is, really know what's this happening. This is back-to-back away losses for Norwich now, which not looking really that good for them, losing to Burnley last week and, uh, of course, losing to Crystal Palace this week. I mean, Crystal Palace is definitely good opposition. They're not going to let you, um, you know, they're not going to let you walk all over them. <laughs> And obviously the the goal coming from the first goal coming from a penalty, and uh, yeah, I don't know if the they're two away wins, so I wouldn't read too much into or two away losses, so I wouldn't read too much into it. I think they'll be just fine, um, but we'll see what what happens with Norwich. Hopefully they can bounce back. All right, moving right along. We have Aston Villa 2, Burnley 2. 
I think it was a good fight from both both teams. They both wanted to win to win the game very badly, and I think that showed in how both teams were playing. Neither of them really gave up at any point in the game. I feel like Aston Villa just can't win a game. They they are really just. I feel like so many times they've looked the better team, and then somehow came out. Well, I think what happens with a draw or a loss. What I think what happens is they're ahead, like by one goal only, and then they get scored on, and their defense freaks out, and then their defense kind of crumbles in front, right in front of them, and they can't hold off the opposition for the rest of the game. Because I mean, both both goals for Burnley were scored after sixty minutes. Yeah, and uh, and the um, the Chris Wood goal was a very good goal. If you haven't seen it. Definitely recommend checking that one out. Um, but this puts Aston Villa in the relegation zone with five points tied with Newcastle. And uh, only one win so far this season. So troubling for Aston Villa. I think they're having some growing pains adjusting to the Premier League. Uh, Norwich actually is sitting just right above them with six points. So I think both those teams are potentially in trouble if they don't start uh, start putting up a fight. And weirdly enough, Sheffield United is in 12th with eight points so far, two wins, two draws. That's a pretty good record for them so far. That's actually pretty impressive considering they were the side that I would slot to go down the most, I think. But it's still pretty early on. So we'll see what happens there. But um, moving right along, Bournemouth 2, West Ham 2. I can honestly say the same thing I said about last game of this game. It was a very close game. It was both teams wanted to take home the win, and they both played very well. Yeah, and I think Josh King had a really, really good game this time. Um, But Yarmolenko has been playing very well for West Ham uh, at the moment. He's finally getting that form because I remember when he came there, everyone was very excited and he didn't play that well. But now he's starting to play. I think he's starting to fit in a little better. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think Bournemouth should have done better here, though. Uh, the goals, I think they they should have done. They should have just done better. The defense was not I great. think West Ham, I think West Ham has a pretty strong attack. So they I think do. I for sure I agree that Bournemouth probably should have done better, but I mean I was not really expecting them to win this game or really draw it. To be honest, I was expecting them to lose versus West Ham. Um, yeah, I, I I no I don't think so. I think Bournemouth is good enough to to beat them. They beat Southampton three one last week, obviously, but Southampton is much weaker opposition. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think. I think this is a fair result, but I think Bournemouth needed to have the extra edge, and they just didn't. Um, all right, moving right along. Wolves gets a win. Wolves 2, Watford nil. Watford continues to be in complete free fall at the moment. The only reason they won a game was because it was versus Watford. You think? I 100% think that, because I think a, t- a team full of grandmas could beat Watford right now. Yeah, Watford is doing just just terrible. I, what happened to this side? I honestly, I think 
the the manager was part of the problem, but I think firing him instead of fixing the problem made it worse. I mean, how would you fix the problem at this point? Because now we're mid-season, you have no transfer window, nothing really of note. To I mean, that you can bring in new players. Honestly, so you I you got to work with what you have. Honestly, I think you just need to pray and some luck at this point. I mean, they've lost so many games. They're playing so poorly. I mean, they really need a miracle at this point, to be honest, to not finish in the bottom three and not get relegated. So you think they will get relegated? I, I 100% think they will get relegated. And it's sad to see them go because I, I, I quite like Watford, and I think they could have stuck around. I think they just had some bad management in there, and I think they kind of just rotted from the core. And it's now spreading to the rest of the team. And I think they will go down this year. So what about Wolves? It was, is Wolves, is this maybe a turn of uh, turn of the tide for Wolves? Do you think they're going to bounce, you know, win a couple on the bounce here? Or I think, think this was a fluke. Get this was 100% a fluke. Next week. This was 100% a fluke because they, none of their attackers scored. Well, they're gonna get smashed next week anyway. Yeah, it's City, City. but and I also mean they play Besiktas uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Yeah, but none of their attackers, today, none of their attackers scored. It was just Doherty that scored. Uh, and yeah, so but I mean, it was they, a good not, assist from Jimenez. Yeah, but I mean, their attackers not finishing is still concerning, and their attackers not being able to score is still very concerning because I mean yes. they're not finishing in the final third with their attackers, especially when you have such good attackers. Exactly, like they have finishing. they have so much depth in the attack, and they have such quality up there, but they're just not. I don't know what's happening to them, to be honest. Do you think they'll be able to turn it around? I hope so. I think they or will do be. You think uh, Nuno goes? Uh, I think Nuno stays. I don't I don't see Nuno going to be honest but um I think what's going to happen is with this win they're going to be a little more inspired so they're going to try to put up more of a fight which I think will help them but I don't I still think that they're not going to play that well until they get out of the Europa League so you can make the argument that they're they're really focusing on the Europa League but obviously they lost to Braga uh, uh, in the Europa League um, on the 19th. Yeah. So, and only beating Reading on penalties in the in the League Cup. So, they're really not doing well in, in any competition at the moment, which is, yeah, definitely concerning. So, we'll see what, uh, what comes of that. I, I don't, I think they need to pick a competition and focus on it. Either do well in, in Europe and do enough to keep yourself alive and the Premier League, or do well in the Premier League, and you know maybe not focus on Europe as much. But I think they're just they're stretched so thin at the moment, and their and their attackers just aren't scoring, and there's a lot of weight on their shoulders. And I think they're they're feeling the pressure. Yeah, for sure. All right, so moving on, Tottenham two, Southampton one. Southampton should have won this game. You think? I think they looked like the much better side the whole game. Their only goal was off of Lloris trying to do Cruyff turns. Yeah, but I know. But I think overall, as a team performance, I think they played better. All right, so let's 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 back it up. So obviously, the Dumbele had a great great goal. Um, 
to put them ahead. Then uh, Hugo Lloris making just uh, just why what was he thinking? Why why would he do that? There? He was thinking it was Southampton. And I mean, giving the ball away, Danny Ings scoring that goal. And then Harry Kane being the savior and scoring that winning goal there. Obviously, Serge Aurier also getting sent off. So honestly, I think it's if I was a Tottenham fan, I would be happy. We, I would be happy they got the win, but I would be disappointed in the overall performance of the team. I feel like they should have won by more, and it should have been more convincing, and there should have been less mistakes made. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be giving uh you shouldn't be getting a red card versus Southampton of all teams. See that's not necessary. You don't need to get a red card versus Southampton. Yeah, but it's Serge Aurier. Yeah, but it's that's it's and dumb. I mean he gets so many cards. Yeah. He is just, just he's just so rash with some of his challenges. It's something else. Um while we're on the subject of Tottenham, let's talk about what happened yesterday. Bayern Munich 7, Tottenham 2. So we're jumping to the Champions League real quick. We won't touch on it too much, but I think we'll talk about uh, the Premier League teams and how they're doing in Europe. So this was a pretty shocking result. At Spurs Stadium, Bayern Munich completely obliterating them. What are your thoughts? Yes. It was a good game for Bayern. And for any fan of any other team in the Premier League, to be honest, because it was a great day to watch Tottenham fail. I love, I love, you love to see it, to be honest. And obviously, Serge Gnabry just putting up four goals, having a fantastic game. Lewandowski having a fantastic game. I think the funniest part about that game, though, is that Tottenham scored first. Because I guarantee, like, Tottenham scored, and I guarantee you every Tottenham fan was like, oh, yeah, we got this game. It's going to be easy. And then they let seven goals past. Yeah. And while we're on the subject, let's jump to today's game of Liverpool 4, Red Bull, Bull Salzburg 3. Liverpool should have lost that game. Nah, but we didn't. Yeah, but you should have. Um, but is this not why? But how many times have you said over the past year Liverpool should have lost that game, and we and they didn't. Well, I mean, is that not here's what the thing? Makes them a no matter how many times, no matter how many times it happens, where I'm saying they should have lost that game because they were playing as the, they were the worst team playing. Are those two? They were playing worse than Salzburg that whole game, I believe, and so. You can keep winning those type of games just by a lucky goal or just getting lucky, honestly. But eventually, if you keep banking on that and keep trying to do that, it's not going to work. And you're going to slip up and you're going to lose. Season and a half. Season and a half, it's worked so far. It's bound Champions to end somehow. Champions of Europe, runner-up by, what, one point last uh, last year? And you see, you see, did you see winners this yeah, year. Yeah, but did you see Virgil van Dijk get absolutely destroyed today? Yeah, but not looking so good as we, last year, huh? We also scored four goals. So. Yeah, but also Virgil Van Dyke got dribbled past and like destroyed. All right. Well, moving along to Chelsea two Brighton nil. It was a good game. I'll be honest. I'm glad to see Ross Barkley not being nowhere near the penalty spot when there's a penalty given, or Tammy Abraham. To be honest, both of them should be nowhere near the penalty spot ever. For now on, 
Um, it was nice to see Bakshuai come on as a sub too. He looked very good when he came on. And obviously the big talking point of the game, at least in my opinion, Cal Mutsnadoy returns to action. Yeah, and he played good. I mean, he was he was on the field for only like 10 minutes and he got an assist already. Before he got that assist, that was it was fantastic. I mean, I'm so glad to see him back, and because I think a lot of people, because right when Callum Hudson Doy got injured was right when people were getting at like peak hype about him. I feel like you know, right? Because it was right right when he was was rumored to go to Bayern. Yeah, he was right when he was rumored to go to Bayern. He was supposed to get this big money move. He was they were they were winning the Europa League. I mean, he was a bright young talent, and then he gets injured really bad, and everyone kind of I feel like everyone kind of forgot about him a little. Especially with the especially emer- with, with the Tammy Abraham of- and Mason Mount come and coming in, they're kind of overshadowing him a little bit. I feel like in right. the youth section of Chelsea, but I think now there's far more hype around Tammy Abraham right now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's more hype around Tammy Abraham than Callum Hudson Odoi. But now I think Callum Hudson Odoi is gonna show why he needs to be starting in this team. Do you think he has trouble finding his way into this team? Uh, I don't think so at all. Because based on the way Frank Lampard has been setting up games, I mean, I don't see... I think Pedro is going to be the one taken out, too. So you're starting Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, Tamore, and uh, who am I missing? Cal Mazzanadoi. So four used prospects... Yeah, I would start those four, and then when Ruben Loftus-Cheek comes comes back, you put him in for Ross Barkley. Interesting. I mean, I just think, honestly, I think Pedro is... uh, Pedro is a fantastic player. I think he's one of the best players on Chelsea. But he's getting old, and that's the problem. I think Pedro is a fantastic player. Every time he goes on a pitch, every time he gets the ball, he does something amazing with it. But him and Willian both do the same, and I think Willian just has the ability to score more goals now at the at this age because they're both getting pretty old. And so I think Pedro is going to be the one that gets taken out out of those two because it's going to be one of the two. And Callum Hudson-Odoi is naturally a right-sided winger, right? Yes. Yeah. And Pedro is naturally a, uh, a right-sided winger as well. And Willian's also naturally a right-sided winger. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Um, but actually, no, Callum Hudson-Odoi is a natural left winger. Really? Yeah. Hmm. He's a natural left winger, and yeah, he's a natural left winger, and he can play basically left wing in Cam. But I would I would take Pedro out and put Willian on the right, mm. personally. All right, and let's talk about uh, real quick. Uh, Lil one and Chelsea two. Oh, um, also, I just want to say real quick: the number nine curse I think is broken now. Based on how... Cal Matsunodoi is left winger, by the way. I know. Uh, I think the number nine curse is broken based on how many goals Tammy Abraham has now scored for us. He's our leading goal scorer for the whole season so far. And I could not be happier that Chelsea finally has a, a decent looking number nine. Because it's been so many times that we've just... We've just had a terrible number nine that hasn't been able to finish. I mean, everyone's seen the Fernando Torres miss versus United. But I think it was great. I mean, it was Tammy Abraham's birthday today. He went on. He scored. It was uh, Overall, it was a really good game. Willian played his 300th game for the club, and he scored on it. And five in the back? Uh, it was 3-5 three, th- or 3-4-3. Three, three. With wingbacks, though. Yeah. 
So essentially five in the back. And I was nice to see Reese James starting, in my opinion. I really like seeing Reese James starting. I think he's a really promising kid. He got a little hot tempered during the game and he picked him up a yellow card, but I think that's just bound to happen. He's a he's a physical type of player. He's a good player though, and I'm glad to see him back in the side. And I hope he gets more chances this year. All right, moving on. Everton 1, City 3. I think I think at this point Everton needs to go into crisis mode. Do you think? I think, I mean, really... Look at their recent form. Look at their recent form. Everton... And look at where they are on the table right now. All right. Their recent form has been... Horrendous. 3-1 against City. 2-0 against... A loss 2-0 to uh, Sheffield United. Oh, my. A loss 3-1 to Bournemouth. A win against Wolves. Which they barely got that win versus... A win against Villa... And it went against Watford. They've had really friendly fixtures, though. At the I know, and there. they have not been well. And look at where they are in the standings right now. They are currently in fifteenth. Really? Yeah, they're wow. doing. They're. I would honestly put them in crisis mode. I think they're having the second worst season in the Premier League so far, next to Watford. You think? I a hundred percent think that because. Uh, Everson brought in all these big name players this year, and they said we're going to be fighting for the top. Oh, no, for... they lost to, sorry, they lost to Villa. I'm, that was a, in, incorrect by me. Even worse, their I mean, only they, win was against Watford, Watford and Wolves, and Wolves, and they Watford barely beat Wolves. Wolves, and they beat Wolves because Wolves had a red card. Yeah, and it was a penalty. Um, but uh, I think this puts Everton in crisis mode because I remember at the beginning of this season. Everton was talking up about how many, how they have all these new big transfers and how they're going to be fighting for top ten. And I don't even, I can't even tell you what happened to be honest. I mean, you have a world class striker in Moise Keane, and you're not even. I don't know if he's world class. I think that's to be determined. A okay, a player that has the potential to be a world class striker. And you're starting Dominic Calvert-Lewin yeah, over him. He hasn't shown it so far at Everton. I don't think he's been given enough chances. He hasn't really... He hasn't even... I don't even he think he's He hasn't taken the few chances he's been given. Yeah, but he only, the only time he comes on is he comes on as a sub in like the 75th minute, 80th minute. Well, that's when you got to score. Well, I mean, it's difficult, it's difficult to score. I mean, you get thrown on a field with 15 minutes left in the game and you get the job to score. You might not even get, be able to touch the ball in that 15 minutes. You're not wrong, especially against a team like City. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. It take These things take time, but I think they need to be giving him more chances. They need to be giving him starts, to be honest, and they're not. Well, um, Everton actually looked like they might draw this game until that free kick from Mares putting it at the a, a driven shot into the far post. And then followed up by Raheem Sterling bouncing it off the crossbar and into the goal. Um, th thank goodness for goal line technology. And uh, City ending up winning this one comfortably. Yep. And obviously last week, absolutely just brutalizing uh, Watford 8-0. Was, was it a show of intent after the, the loss to Norwich? To come out and just batter Watford? I think it was because I think they... I can just imagine Pep telling them that they need to go out there and sh show the lower teams that they're not one to be messed with or the bigger teams that they're not one to be messed with. And so they did that by 
destroying Watford 8-0. Yep. And, of course, this week in the Champions League, uh, beating uh, Dynamo Zagreb at home 2-0. Dynamo? Dynamo. Sorry. All right. Well, I think that wraps up uh, City versus Everton. Everton, yeah, looking like they're in trouble. Uh, And moving on to the most exciting games of the week. Leicester City 5, Newcastle 0. Talking about crisis mode. I would put Newcastle being the side having the third worst season this year. I would say they're having a worse season than Everton, but maybe not. No, I think they had low expectations going into the season. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected. I think everyone put Newcastle bottom. They might be almost doing better than I think they. I think everyone expect everyone expected Newcastle to be bottom at this time. No one expected Watford there, and honestly, I think they're doing a little better than I thought they were. But I mean, a five 0 loss to Leicester that's obviously not good, but. I mean, and there were some good goals, some very good goals in this. Um, I think, I think Lester is showing that they're a side to be reckoned with this year. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. And I, I mean, think, I think they can. I think they are. I think they are capable of it. if they keep playing like this. They're. In I mean, they're in third right, right, now. right now. They're yeah. above Arsenal, Chelsea, United, and Spurs at the moment with fourteen points, two points off City. Uh, with one loss, and that was to who was that to? Man, menu. Was it? Oh yeah, yep. United. It was one zero. One nil against United at Old Trafford. It was a close game too. So yeah, I, they're having a fantastic season. Yeah, and I so think far. it's. I think that's in part to. I would say, I would directly link it to two things. I would link it to one, Brendan Rodgers. Because I think Brendan Rodgers is a, fin- is a fantastic manager. Um, and then the second he's thing... also a snake. But- yeah, but the second thing I would link it to directly is Yori Tielmans. Tielmans has been fantastic. Yori Tielmans has been, their, I would say, their best player this season. He has been going absolutely insane this season. He's so good. I just can't... I can't even... I'm very glad they brought him in. I remember picking up Yori Thielman's playing FIFA 15 when he still played for Anderlacht. I would buy him, and he was just amazing then, and he's still amazing. So, meanwhile, on the Newcastle front, um, Isaac Hayden getting sent off for a very stupid challenge and then trying to protest being sent off in quite a display. Um, And... I don't know. Just looking at this Newcastle side, it's almost expected. I got to say, I feel bad for Miguel Almiron. He's such a good player. Moving to, moving, uh, to the Premier League under Rafa Benitez and now on track to be playing in the championship next season. If they I think, go down, do you think he moves? I think he moves, but I think... Has he proven that he is... I mean, he hasn't played well at Newcastle. To be fair, and I think that's partially... He hasn't played well, but I think he's their best player. I, yeah, I would say he's their best player, but he has not played well. I don't think well. that's I, I mean, I, is it he's not good? Because, I mean, I will say, every time I watch Newcastle, I feel like Miguel Almiron is doing well, and he's putting balls, and no one is finishing them. He, he's setting up so well, and it makes him look bad because no one is getting on the end of his... 
of his of the balls that he's playing. Yeah, I mean, I think Miguel Almiron does get transferred. I would not be surprised if he gets transferred. Also, to, he's playing on the wing. I would not be surprised for some reason. I would not be surprised if Miguel Almiron gets transferred to a team that does stay up, but is around. I would say the same quality as Newcastle. Like I would, just, I would not be surprised if he went to somewhere like Wolves or like Sheffield or like Norwich even. I think Wolves could use a Miguel Almiron. I think now. Wolves could because I think that's what they're lacking, honestly. But I think the one thing that could save Newcastle this season and keep them away from relegation would be 100% Josef Martinez. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I I know it's probably not, but I really want it to happen just because it would be really funny to see. I also don't think Atlanta because they have Billington that... Um, I mean, you could play a 4-4-2. Nobody plays a four four two anymore. It's just not. It's it's four two four. It leaves too much. Playing two strikers is very hard to do because it leaves so much room in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I think the only successful way to play it is if you play like a four four two holding or like a four one two one two. Or, but I mean, you really need a shadow striker is what you need. Yeah, four one two one two. But yeah. But even then, even the even the role of the attacking midfielder has been fallen out of favor. I think I highly doubt. I highly disagree with that. R- really? I mean, who's playing attacking midfielders anymore? Not even City. Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson is yeah. Sigurdsson is kind of the holdout. But Mason Mount is uh, Mason Mount's kind of kind of been playing. Mason Mount is an attacking midfielder. He might be playing. But he's playing in a midfield three. Okay, that is true. But if you watch Mason Mount during a game, he's he does, definitely an attack. He literally he does not he does not come back. He only stays up. He and he's not strong enough, and he's not big enough. He's a fantastic player, but he's only attacking. That's his only good trait. Really, he's not a defender. I think teams are definitely drifting towards the defensive midfielder versus an attacking midfielder. Just because it's so much stronger to have. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of players who fill that role fall out of favor. The most notable, I think, being Paulo Dybala at Juve. Not getting game time because I, the, they're, just, they're not going to play that attacking midfielder like that. And I don't know. And I think... Sorry, doesn't play with attacking midfielders, and it's just a lot of teams just don't, and it's just not uh, not what happens. So they played with an attacking midfielder, and this uh, is Bernadeschi in their yeah in their last game against Bayer Leverkusen. I think Sorry just doesn't like the ball. Yeah, they've been playing a four four two diamond actually. Yeah. They've been changing up their tactics. No one plays two strikers anymore, Nicky. Look okay, but they look played, it. They look at that. two strikers who, look against at who, Spall, who are yeah, but look at who, like, Yeah, but look who played two strikers against them. Atletico. Well, Atletico is a different story, I think. Because Atletico does have a lot of good strikers. Yeah, they have Zhao Felix and Diego Costa. And uh, Morata. Yeah, well, Morata's not a good striker. Although is he is he not uh, fit at the moment? No, he's fit. He's just bad. Mm. All right. Anyway, back to the Premier League. Um, do you think Leicester, Do you think Brendan Rodgers stays at Leicester City? I mean, he's not going to get fired. 
Would he take the, take the United job? I mean... Would he... I feel... Would he leave uh, Leicester City in, in uh, a state of uh, shock by just walking out the door and going United? I think the answer is yes. He did it to Celtic. I think if United came knocking, he would leave in a heartbeat. Yeah, I feel like he's a money type of guy. He's not. He doesn't really care about anything else but money. But he he does his job well. But yeah, I don't know. Which I think brings us to Manchester United one, Arsenal one. Was this a good result for either side? It was kind of a weird game. It was honestly, it was the it was the worst defense in the league versus the worst attack in the league. Because both teams played poorly. It was a it was a terrible defense versus a terrible offense. And I don't know. I I think yeah. And I mean, it really shows how bad United's offense is. And when, I mean, you're o- I, when your only goal is coming from I, your center defensive midfielder. An absolute wonder strike, by the way. That was a fantastic goal. Yes, it was. But when it's coming, when your only goal is coming from that, and your but strikers can't even. By, by Rashford and Martial just whiffing it and whiffing it and whiffing it. It's pathetic, yeah. Oh, sorry. Not not uh, Pereira, not Martial. I forgot Martial's injured still. Um, sorry, Pereira and Rashford. But, yeah, Pereira and Rashford both, I think, putting on a really, really poor display. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Rashford is not a world-class striker. Prove me wrong. No. He's not. And I think that And this was even more striking because I had some games recorded, and I watched this game. And then I watched uh, the Lazio game over the weekend. And seeing the difference between Marcus Rashford and Ciro Immobile was so striking to see an actual number nine versus Rashford, who is not that type of player. And I get that they're different types of players. They're very different types of players. But Ciro Immobile has such a presence about him and... He scores goals so well, and he's just such a force up top. And Rashford isn't. When he gets the ball, you don't think he's going to score. If Ciro Mobley has the has the ball, you have the feeling that he's going to score. And I don't know. I get. I feel that way about Daniel James, where when he gets the ball, there's a good chance that he's going to score. But Rashford, I don't know. I think. I think that United really need a world-class striker in January. Otherwise, they're going to be certainly not in the Champions League, not by any stretch of the imagination. They need to bring in a world-class striker, and they need one fast. Who do you think would be a good pick for them? Um, I think Mandzukic is one of the rumors. I don't think that would be a good fit. You don't think? Personally. Big, big target man up top? No. And I don't think that would be a smart move by them. Mandzukic good. It's a band-aid fix. Mandzukic is good, but Mandzukic is old. Well, yeah, it's a band-aid fix. I, I, think, they would, I think they would personally go for someone more long-term. Like who? Um, they could go for Ciro Mobley, honestly. But no, no way he leaves Lazio. Yeah, but Especially I'm saying... Not to go into that mess. Uh, theoretically... 
Theoretically, Ciro Immobile would be a fantastic. I think yeah. Ciro Immobile is fa- fantastic for any side that he's in. But like, and if uh, you're if you're going band aid fix, I feel like a better choice for a band aid fix would be Mertens over Mandzukic. Yeah, but Mertens is not going to leave Napoli to go to a on fire United. Uh, like uh, Mandzukic is out of favor at Juve, which yeah. was why that move makes sense. Or I honestly I could see United getting Paco Alcacer. Potentially, I think they're also linked with Jaden Sancho, but he's not really a striker. Well, Jaden Sancho's not going there. I, I think, think that's that would be the same. But I think Paco Alcacer would be a better choice for them because he's pretty he's younger and he's proven himself at Dortmund. I'm trying to think of what other strikers they could. Potentially, I mean, maybe Timo Werner. I don't think. But I don't think. I don't think Timo Werner would want to go there. I don't there. think he'd be a good fit for United. Yeah. Um, I mean, Acardi maybe would have been a good. Pick yeah, Acardi would have been a good been fit. Pick up for them. Yeah, he would have been a good fit. Yeah, maybe Piatek. Yeah, Piatek could work. Piatek would fit their Piatek system. Has been not doing not very yeah, well at Milan right now. But Piatek, but, he would fit their system. But uh, and we're hoping to uh, to have a Syria special sometime soon with our uh, AC Milan correspondent in Sweden so but we are working on the logistics of that so but uh, yes according to Hans Piatek is good he's just not getting the service that he needs to score which I think is a fair fair point they have destroyed by Fiorentina yeah. oh yes that was a good game that was a very good game Fiorentina needed that win Fiorentina's been game. playing good this season a lot better than last season well, they played great in the first half of the season. Yeah. Is it going to be the same thing, though? Uh, I don't think so. They have new owners now. One thing that I thought was weird about the, about United's starting lineup was that they played Axel Tuanzebe. Uh, they have a lot of injuries, though. And plus, also, they played Axel Tuanzebe in left back, and he is not a left back. He is a center back. Yeah, but who would you start there instead, besides maybe Rojo? Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw was injured, right? I mean, I think that's why he didn't play. Yeah, he wasn't on the bench. Yeah. I mean, they don't really have another left back, dude. Yeah. That's the problem. I mean, I don't know. I think with United, it's the it's the same problem that's been been growing and growing and growing at United. They don't have world class players. They don't. They don't have. Who out of this lineup is a world class player? Maybe Maguire, maybe Pogba. De Gea. De Gea, sure. De Gea is the only one. Pogba, I would say is, but I think not at United. But, I mean, he plays far better than for France than he's ever played for United. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a world-class player, but not at United. And Harry Maguire is potentially a world-class nah. player. Nah. <laughs> uh, no. But, I mean, in this game, though, I mean, he was caught out Did again. Did Juan Bissaka get injured, or does he have, like, a red or something? Uh, I'm not sure where he was. I think he might have got a red. Last game. Um. So, anyway, so and I mean, yeah, the Arsenal's goal, Aubameyang picking apart. Uh, oh, he was in, he was ill with illness. That's tough. Uh, Aubameyang's goal though, picking apart, just completely splitting uh, Maguire and Lindelof. It was a good goal. I think Arsenal would have expected... I, Arsenal really should have won this game. 
And I think that blame solely falls on Nicholas Pepe. Who? No. He whiffed so many chances. I mean, I can see that. I can see what you're thinking, but I think part of the blame also falls on Unai Emery. I think so. Well, I, because yeah. I think the starting lineup was not a starting lineup I would play against, um, against Manchester United. And uh, so, what would you play? Um, I mean, I would play. They should be do they. Arsenal should a hundred percent be playing a four four two. Well, Lacazette's injured. Oh, okay, I guess that changes things a little. But I mean, I I mean, if Ozil's gonna stay there, why not play him? Also injured. Why? Mm. Why Tierney, is... Pepe, Lacazette, and and Ozil. Pepe was back for this game, but uh, well, Tierney Tierney was back for this game too. They just didn't play him because they played him during the week. Yeah, they played him during the week. Um, but. Um, was he on the bench for this game? No. No, he wasn't. I think he's still making his way. I think Reese Nelson would have been a better choice for left wing. Personally. Yeah. I think Maitland Niles would have been a better choice than Callum Chambers. Maybe start Ceballos? Yeah, Ceballos should 100% have started over, uh, I would say probably over Torreira. But Torreira's more of a. Did Torreira even start? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I it was a weird, weird lineup. Very strange that this is. But I guess with the injuries that they had, maybe this wasn't such a bad res- result. Um, Lacazette's not not back till late October, so. Damn. He's gonna be gone for at least a couple games. And uh, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up. I think we touched on all the uh, anything else we you want to talk about while we're here. Not any really. More Champions League games. I need to go to bed. Yeah, it's getting late. Um, let's see anything. Any other good Champions League? Salzburg games? in their f- game last week. That was a good game. Erling Holland scoring ha- first half hat trick. For Salzburg. Oh, Real Madrid drew to Club Bruges. Okay. Or just ignore what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, which one? Salzburg. To not this not versus Liverpool, but before oh, that against versus Genk, Genk yeah. where Erling Haaland scored. Yes. Very he's very good. Now there, think, there's now there's a striker that United could be targeting. Bro, he's got a funny face. Not gonna lie. That would be a brilliant buy for <laughs> United, but no way he. Goes man, look to at United. that formation. Yeah, they need a little man. And uh, yeah, Real Madrid drew to Club Bruges. Chelsea got their first Champions League win today. Chelsea got their first Champions League win of the season because Ross Barkley wasn't nowhere near the pitch, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ajax beat Valencia. And uh, Go yeah, down. Down. and Barca beat Inter barely. So I'm surprised that Leipzig isn't doing better. Uh yeah, they're they're always I don't know they don't focus I think, very much on the on the <laughs> on the Champions League because like look at their lineup. Oh, actually they did play a full lineup this time, but I think they were playing Lyon. 
But I think last week they played, they didn't even start Timo Werner, I don't think. Uh, against Benfica. Well, he scored two goals, so. Well, he did start. He scored two goals. Mm, never mind. Alrighty. Well, have a good night, everybody. Well, yeah, that kind of. Or good morning or good afternoon good whenever you listen uh, to yeah. this. Thank you guys for listening. We're back. And uh, hopefully we'll stay back for a while. We have some, hopefully, some fun shows coming up. Maybe dive into some other leagues. And Maybe more than the, two people uh, on a podcast. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the people will uh, finally show up. We'll be on the show. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening and have a good night. Or morning. Or-